0: Good morning. How are you guys doing this weekend? Thanks. Who said that? <laughs> hey, welcome to Portico Church. My name is Jason. Uh, we'll be in Revelation chapter 6 today. And let's do a quick review. And I'm just going to show you. It's going to be up here. And I drew this. <laughs> just kidding. This was, moms, can I encourage you for a minute? Some, some of you, especially in the first service, maybe some here, you're bringing your kids here and you're like, you know, Portico Kids isn't all the way opened up, so if you have a little crumb cruncher, they're not going and they're wiggling and they're screaming and you're just like, why am I doing this? That's why. It was drawn by a friend of mine who's very little here at Portico Church. You may think that God is just doing nothing in your child's life or your life by bringing him to the disaster of worship in the church. God is. look at this. This is the throne room. This is, this is Revelation chapter four. This is the throne room. There's the, the rainbow around the throne. Theologically correct because there's not a man person on the throne. The cross. There's the jasper, the carnelian. There's the four living creatures. There's the crowns. Look at the diversity there. There's the, the 24 elders. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Persevere. God is working. He's expanding the imagination, even of our little ones, as we worship together. Can we get an amen on that? That is so good. That is so good. I wish I understood Revelation as well as this dude does, this little guy. All right, friends. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to jump off from that And this is the part of Revelation that feels like a roller coaster. So far, we've been clicking up, clicking up on a roller coaster, and you get higher. and you're like, oh, isn't it so nice? You can look at everything from here, and it's very beautiful. Oh, I've seen things I've never seen before. And as you hit the apex, and the ratcheting quicks, and the gravity takes over, and then it becomes a roller coaster. That's where we're going today. That part of Revelation has started. And... As we get there, I want you to understand that you spend a massive amount of time and money and energy to have a better life. I do. You do. We all do. And here's what I mean by that, because strangely enough, Revelation 6 is all about your pursuit of having a better life. Now, it doesn't say that in Scripture. It calls it a scroll, but we spend great amount of time and energy in listening to podcasts that will give us a life hack or buying Pelotons or having apps that tell us when we can and cannot eat or education. We are seeking a better life, and everybody does that. I do it. But the problem is we never quite get there, and there's a very good reason. So as we're reading our text today, and Christian... I'm going to throw you, we're going to throw all of us into the same group here for a minute. We don't do anything different, really. We might believe something different, but we still seek a better life. So I'm going to ask you to ask yourself, is this a better life? Especially as we look at Revelation, where we're going today. Especially the roller coaster picks up speed downhill, It's a better life. Here we go. Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come! And I looked, and behold, a white horse And its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. Yes, these are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We're going there. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come, and out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth. So that people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a black horse and its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the full living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil of wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, "Come!" And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death. And Hades followed him, and they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants... And their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth. "'As the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when it's shaken by the gale, "'the sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, "'and every mountain and island was removed from its place.' Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. This is so necessary and so disorienting and so discouraging in some regards and so glorious. And we trust you because this is your word and you have given it to us today that we might know you truly and worship you fully. So our, our humble ask, our bold ask is, would you do that today? Would you open up your word that we might behold its beauty? In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, you guys ready to do this? The four horsemen. Come on, you're waiting for this, right? He was like, not really. We're going to go there. But first, I, I really want you to know what's going on. If you don't have a framework like all of Revelation, if you don't have a good framework for Revelation, you're going to get lost in the details and it's going to mean virtually nothing or be very confusing. So here's what's happening. God is at work judging evil and bringing his people home. That's happening. You're seeing it. It's simultaneous. It's happening to everyone. God is judging evil in real time and also At the same time, using that to bring his people home. So, a couple things to know before we even understand who these writers are. A, this is coming from the throne room. We can't forget that. And we've seen in the last several weeks God's holiness on display and who's in the throne room is the exalted king. Right? He's inaugurated. He is the King of Kings. Christ Jesus is there. And last week, it's interesting because John thought he heard a lion, the lion of Judah. He turns around and looks and he's like, oh, it's a, it's a lamb who is slain. But he's also like the root of David. He's a man. Right? He fulfills that promise that God made to always have an heir on David's throne. This is Jesus. He's there. So he's on the throne. And we also learn from the four living creatures, all of life is worship. This this is why you exist. So everything's coming down from this throne room. But we've got this scroll. Jesus has this scroll, and he's going to start pulling off the seals. And what is a seal? Well, it's authority, right? You know, it's authority, and it's closed. Only only Jesus can open this. Uh, It's in the Old Testament or like in an ancient area, it probably would have been out of clay or wax or something like that. Jesus has the authority to open the scroll. But we're just like, what does that even mean? Well, do you have a plan for a better life? Yeah, you do. You Whether you haven't written it down or not, you have a plan for a better life. You want a better life. So let me Just tell you, this scroll is God's plan for a better life. That's all that it is. It's a blueprint for a better life for everyone, actually. So this is why John was weeping when he saw it. Who can open this? Imagine if Jesus says, oh, yeah, this is a blueprint for a better world. Here you go. Do it. How is your plan working? Mine's not working so great always. How are your relationships? How's your job? How are your finances going? Let's step back. How's the world? How's your neighborhood? How's your your world going? Do you think if you had the blueprint, you could execute that plan? No, you couldn't, and neither could I. So the way that Jesus explains this towards the end in Revelation 21.5 is, behold, I am making all things new. This is why he is only worthy to execute this plan. So, this is what the scroll is, God's sovereign, beautiful, glorious plan for all of creation. He starts to break the seals one by one, and as he's breaking the seals, it both reveals this plan and executes it. And we see what happens. So, timing. We most of us have been thinking of these horsemen coming at the very end of time. Now remember, it's not, that, that's not how Revelation is written. Revelation covers one period of time, the ascension of, it's called inter-advent, the ascension of Jesus to his return. And it shows us that picture seven different times, over and over and over, from different perspectives. So these seven seals, we only cover six of them today, cover that time from Jesus' ascension to his return. You have to get that. This is not something that's going to happen in your future. This is not something that just happened in the past, although it did. It was for the, all, the entire people of God, that whole time frame. So here's a word that I will give you, multiple historical fulfillments. So when we see the white rider or the, the, the white horse coming, has that already happened? Yeah. Is it going to happen in the future? Yeah. Yeah. God is not waiting to judge evil and bring his people home. It's happening right now. It's going to be fulfilled multiple ways, multiple times, and we'll get to what that looks like in real time. But you have to understand that. Otherwise, this is just something that happens to people in the future, which is not true, or it's something that happened in the past. No, this is happening right now, 24-7, as we exist. Okay, so we'll, we'll get to that. But know that. Otherwise, you're going to miss the, the power of it. And also know this. Jesus is the one who's executing it. Um, right here in verse 1. And now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals. And then I heard the voice of the living creatures. So the Lamb is Christ Jesus. He's the risen Lord. It's funny because if I were John, I probably would have just written the Lion of Judah. But he sees the Lamb. So, it's the Lamb who's actually reigning and executing, right? He's conquered through death. Now he holds the keys of death and Hades in his hands. So, this is his work. Friends, this has got to challenge you. Your view of God is very therapeutic. I'm just going to tell you right now. You've been discipled by culture to believe that God is somebody you go to when. You know, you're disoriented, you're hurting, um, you want to feel better about yourself, um, and God's job is to serve you and help you feel better about you. That's a therapeutic understanding of God. There's, and that actually does happen in your relationship with God through Christ. But we stop there. What you're witnessing here has got to expand your understanding of the character of God because it's his full justice his full sovereignty, and his mercy on display together. So it it should challenge you because he's giving these horses permission. He's giving them authority. He's placing the crown on the white rider and saying, go, do it. So this is not something that's happening just randomly. This is God working through time, space, and history to presently judge evil To bring about a new heavens and a new earth, and all the same while bringing his people home through suffering. Well, who can do that? Right, God. So you have to understand that to understand the full power of what God is doing here. Okay. Um, So before we even get to these seals, do you see Jesus as your life coach? Right. Do you see him as your sage? as your philosopher, as your rabbi, and really not as your Lord. Well, how would I know? Has anything he's ever said checked you and confronted you? Does God have the ability to change your mind or take something that you want and say, I'm not going to do that because God is king? And he's like, says no. (laughs) If God's never confronted you, he's not your God. He's an appliance for you, okay? And it's a very therapeutic understanding of God. You can't, it, we all feel that to some degree. This text will not let us sit there, right? God is at work. He's, he's working now. He's not waiting. He's working now to judge evil in real time and to bring his people home. So let's look at that. Well, first, before we start opening these seals with the text, I want you to know where the Apostle John is getting this. So remember, he's seeing a vision. God has pulled him up into the throne room, and he's looking through this sea of glass, if you were, this, this glass floor. And Jesus is showing him, all right, this is going to take place. This is going to take place. And, and the Apostle John is struggling to put words on on paper. And he has a language that he's using, uh, which is apocalyptic, or almost like science fiction literature is what we might call it, or fantasy literature. But it's from the language of the Old Testament. Specifically here, he's pulling right out of Zechariah, the first chapter, uh, and also the sixth chapter, because four horses show up in Zechariah. And Zechariah was a prophet um, when God's people were rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. Right, We just went through Nehemiah. And two things were happening to the people of God. They were both returning to the sin that got them in exile in the first place. They were not taking care of the weak in their community, the orphans, the widows. Uh, they were overlooking so much. And also, they were under pressure. The nations around Israel were just putting the heat on them. And these riders went out and kind of saw what was happening. And they were, the colors kind of correlated, but they were like, listen, um, God's going to punish evil, and he's going to purify his people. And so it gives us an idea of this is happening simultaneously. Right now, today, God is, is punishing evil. And for his people who are walking in faith, He's using that, not as punishment or wrath, but he's using it to purify His people, and they're happening. Together. That puts you in an impossible situation as a Christian, impossible to lose. I just, I just want to throw that out there. So let's get to the goods. You guys ready to get the goods? White horse. The colors matter, and, and they interpret themselves. So the white horse is all about conquering. Obviously, it says it. White in Revelation is all about conquering. So like, oh, is that Jesus? No. Jesus comes on a horse later. That's a, that's a different look. We'll get there. Some people think it is. I really don't believe it. Well, is it a demon or something? No. Just let it sit. John is seeing this as a literary function. He's seeing something that is really happening. But please don't put that framework on it. It's a white horse, and it has a bow and a crown. And he comes out conquering, and he goes out to conquer. So here's what this seal means. It means that you and I... The church behind us, the church in front of us, including the entire world, is going to have political instability all the way up to upheaval, completely, all the time. That is never going to end. The the borders are always going to be disputed. Nation is always going to have hand against nation. And God is going to use that to both judge the nations and to bring his people home. There will always be political instability. Nation will always want to conquer nation. Does that, do you have to expand your mind at all to believe that? That's never stopped. It's never stopped. I remember a little bit of history, World War I, right? The Great War. Well, you know, we've, we're, we're entering into a golden age. We've got that taken care of. Well, that'll never happen again. You guys know about World War II, right? You know about Vietnam and Korea and the Middle East. and It's not going to stop. That, that horse is running, buddy. That horse is running. And it's judgment. God is, Jesus is judging evil and pulling in his people. So the first one is political instability, upheaval. Second, red horse. What does red mean in Revelation? What do you think? Blood. You See, this is so much easier than you thought. Red is blood. It's not a good message. So this is social instability and upheaval. It's not enough that the nations are at war and borders are never stable. Even people inside the borders are never stable. Uh, I don't know. Do we have violent racism? Uh, do we have murders happening all the time? Do we have a nation that's never been more divided than it ever has? Have we become really good at finding creative ways to kill people? Yes. That horse is running, friends. The red horse is released to take peace from the world. And it says right here, um, bright red, its writers is permitted... To take peace from the Earth so that the people should slay one another. Here's a better word for that, Butcher. That's actually what the word means. Butcher one another, and he was given a great sword. This is happening right now. That is the second seal that horse is on the run. Third seal, Jesus pulls off. Black horse. Now black, think mourning. Think veil. Think loss. This one is really interesting. So we have political instability, upheaval, social instability, upheaval. This is economic instability and upheaval. So it has a scale, right? Scale in the ancient areas is how you bought and sold. You didn't have Apple Pay, all right? So you had to do it the old-fashioned way. You had to weigh out things based on a known measure. And here's what the text says. This is the third seal. The writer had a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius. So a quart of wheat is what would take to feed you for one day. So that's one person's food for one day. So a, a quart of wheat for a denarius. You know how much a denarius is? It's a day's wage. Okay, that's like your food for today will cost you everything that you made. It goes on. And three quarts, that would be enough for a small family, of barley, which was cheaper than wheat, which is ironic here, for denarius. Do not harm the oil and wine. How much would it cost you? This is like 10 to 15 times inflation. If you had, what if you had to pay eight grand a month for food? Would you be okay with that? I mean, actually, there's some places I go where I feel like that's what it actually costs. it's runaway inflation. It's famine that brings inflation. It's war that brings inflation. It's social unrest that brings inflation. It's an economic system that is so unstable, it tips at any moment. You never see it common, And it puts your country and maybe the world into upheaval. Black horse is running, right? But here's what's odd. God's voice speaks into it and says, hey, don't hold, like, spare the olive oil and the wine. Right? So I... <laughs> How to make sense of that? God's grace. Even on all of these, it's always tempered. It's always grace. God is always holding back. There's always mercy involved in it, and there's always grace. Now, some people say, well, you know, in 92, um, Domitian, actually, there's a huge famine in the Roman Empire, and he started cutting down vineyards to grow wheat. Is it, is it like that? I don't know. Honestly, I think you just better see this grace. God speaks, in, and he tempers Judgment for everyone. Um, so we've got political instability, upheaval, social, economic, and the fourth one here is the pale horse. In other words, to say it is green. So think about this seal as collective. Basically, it's the bucket for everything else. Hades is following, it's death. And you're just like throwing bodies behind you, and it's catching. So pale is a corpse, pale green. So the pale green horse is death. Over a fourth of the earth to kill and with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. So that word pestilence is really just death in the Greek, and you can translate it plague, pestilence, death. Bring anything to mind? Oh, come on, pastor. You're trying to tell me that COVID is a horse that's been running? That's exactly what I'm telling you. It's what text We got 3.3 million people that have expired, and it's tragic. When's it going to end? I don't know. Is it going to be another plague? I don't know. Yeah, yes. We have ecological instability and upheaval. Our ecology doesn't even work right. Hear me on this, friend. It all ends in death. God is bringing judgment, friend. And he's bringing us home through it. How? Seal five. It gets worse and better. Um, Fifth seal I saw under the altar, the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. Okay, so there are... people people that know and love the Lord have held on to his word publicly and they've paid the ultimate price for it. And is this martyrs? Yes, but it's not just. It represents every single person who, because of holding on to the word of God, have lost something publicly. Or you just, you're suffering loss and you're still true, choosing to see God as good and to trust him. And they're in the heavenly temple, and they're under the altar. Do you know what happens on the altar? Sacrifice. Do you know what's under the altar? Blood. ain't okay? pretty sight. So the blood of the Lamb has, has saved them, and they themselves have paid the ultimate cost. Now, what would you say? When I'm looking at the seals, you know what we want to say? Uh, that's kind of weird, God. I don't know if I would do it this way. Uh, I, I'm really confused because... I thought you just wanted us to kind of all get along, and I, now listen to what they say. How long? When are you going to do something about this, Lord? How long before you will judge and avenge our blood? And God gives them a white robe. In other words, they see evil for what it is, looking through the throne room, and they're like, get it. God gives them a white robe, and says, I conquered for you. Be patient. Rest here. Because there's more to come. You have more brothers and sisters that will join you here. Okay? Just let me have it. And then we see the sixth one. Total cosmic aggression. Is this ironic? Adam and Eve were given were image bearers, and they were told to rule all of creation. And now we see creation ruling them. Cosmic aggression, earthquakes, famines. We see the sun not working right. We see star, you know, black, right? Not giving us light. We see stars falling to the earth. Is that an asteroid or a meteor? I don't know, yes. The big idea here is you see that Like, all of creation has been ripped apart, and the veil that separates the seen world and the unseen world has just been torn. And people see, like, these cataclysmic events, and they see the face of God and of the Lamb, and it's not that they're choosing to, like, ignore it. They want nothing to do with it, and it feels like wrath. And they want to hide themselves from it by creation. Just like Genesis, Right? Well, we've sinned, so we're going to hide behind fig leaves, and we're going to use creation to hide from God. Same exact thing. And friends, yes, this happens to go on in cycles, multiple historic fulfillments, but verse 17 says, For the great day of the wrath that is of God the Father, God the Son, the great day of the wrath has come who can stand. This is judgment day. That terminology is, there will be a day when creation ends. And God remakes the cosmos, heaven and earth. And everyone is resurrected to judgment or to eternal life. So there is an end point. This is either going to push you away from God and harden your heart. And say, I could never worship a God like that. Or, This is going to embolden your faith because you've learned to trust him in the midst of suffering and you found him to be present and real and beautiful and powerful and for you. So how is this a better life? Listen, this is how this is a better life. Jesus came as King of Kings he suffered the white rider. He was conquered. Willingly, he took it. The earth should have said, "Eh, you're here, it's all yours. They said, you know, we don't need you. And he was killed. He came for his own people, and they rejected him. There was social upheaval. He actually experienced economic upheavals. Well, he had nothing, not even a place to lay his head. He took that seal for us. He experienced it. He experienced death, pale rider. He himself was the lamb who was slain on that altar that protects the saints. And instead of hiding in a cave, he bore the wrath of God for us and he was put in a cave. So the reason this matters to you is because before Jesus is opening these seals, he breaks the seal in the tomb. Before John weeps in heaven saying, who is worthy to open this seal? Mary weeps at the tomb because she sees her whole life gone and any hope gone, thinking that Jesus has been killed. But the Roman seal is broken, not from the outside, but from the inside because Jesus walked out. And he overcome death and he, he, he absorbed every bit of judgment. Here's what that means for you. If you're in Christ, here's what that means for you. There is nothing that you're going to experience, even these writers, especially these writers, that's going to separate you from God. The only thing that pressure and suffering and hardship is going to bring you is a greater sense of his victory in your life, period. There's no way you can lose when that is true. Yes, God is at work. Yes, he's judging evil, There's great justice and mercy together. And for those that are in Christ, you, friend, are be pulled into greater waves of victory even as you suffer. It becomes more real to you. So what are we supposed to do now? Very simple. You just wait. You just wait faithfully. You just learn to endure loss for doing right. Well, that doesn't sound very hard. Yeah, it is. It's really hard. God is at work judging evil, bringing you home, friend. So wait faithfully. Wait faithfully. He's broken the seal. He holds the key of death and hell in his hands. He's given you the white robe. Not because you're awesome, but because he is. He puts the crown of victory on your head because he's earned it for you. So our call, as hard as it is, is to endure loss right now. Endure loss for doing what's right. Jesus is not a contagion. Can I just tell you that? You, you can speak about him. If you're going to hold on to his word, people should know about it publicly. And that will even bring greater loss because we're in a post-Christian society but everybody is looking for a better life aren't we and everybody knows we don't have a solution for it here it is it's glorious it's glorious hmm. pray with me Dear heavenly father we thank you and we praise you we know that you have taken on judgment and only you are worthy of judging creation and bringing grace, and bringing your people home. And it's hard, it's tough, and we know that there's people that have gone behind us and people that will go before us. Build us up that we might trust you in new and fresh ways. In the name of Jesus.